Hello and welcome back to It's a Dark Matter Thing. I'm Taylor. And I'm Caitlin. And we are so excited to talk to you today. Well, more Caitlin than me. (laughs) Very, 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 very excited. Our topic for today is we're going to talk a bit about and a bit about what life looked like on Earth these past few million years and about some extinctions and dinosaurs and stuff, like all the cool stuff, you know. Yeah. You know, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I honestly don't know that much about it. Our past episodes, we know that Caitlin is a dinosaur nerd. (laughs) I, I love history. I'm a very big history nerd. I love dinosaurs even more. So this is very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> so Caitlin's going to take the reins on this one and I'm just going to tag along. Okay, well, so far on this podcast, we've talked about lots of different things that we find in space, like black holes, the formation of universes, moons and galaxies and, you know, all that fun stuff. But, you know, I think sometimes we forget we're also a part of space. And, you know, um, Earth went through a lot of changes during its lifetime before we rocked up. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw the other day, I saw a Facebook and it was like, you are the universe in the form of a human. And I was like, damn, that cute. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think that on our, on our story. Oh, <laughs> that was that was a bit you. I was like, I swear I saw it somewhere. <laughs> and I was like, ah, oh, that's so cute. I love that. I know. I know. I so I yes, we are the universe. Yeah, so um the earth also had to form from somewhere. And I guess we'll start at the beginning. The earth forming. Four billion six hundred million years ago. Our sun was a proto sun, so it's very small in a big gas cloud and had a ring of gas and dust around it and that's where little old earth started its journey do you want to tell people what a protostar is so a protostar is just a very young star that is still gathering its mass so it's not obviously our sun wasn't just boom as big as it is so it was just a little baby as well so Four billion six hundred million years ago, everything was a baby, pretty much. It was just little tiny. It was still, you know, accumulating, but it was still burning. It was still hot. It was still big enough to have this spiraling uh, ring of gas and dust. I love how we say, "Oh, it was a baby," but <laughs> it's still like a huge, massive star in space. <laughs> <laughs> it's still probably bigger than anything we could imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to fast forward a quick little time jump. 4 billion, 540 million years ago. I love how in-depth my timeline is. (laughs) Literally a whole page. Okay, so Earth formed. So now Earth is actually a thing. We're not just little rocks spiralling in the dust ring. We're an actual Mm. mass. We're a being now. And if you listen to our past episodes, we know that when the sun formed in that proto stage, it pushed all this gas away and then left all the heavy elements close to it where Mercury, Earth, Venus and Mars formed as rocky planets clumping together and then Jupiter and the rest came gaseous planets because all the gas was further away. Yeah. yeah. So this stage of Earth wasn't very nice because Earth was pretty much just a sea of magma. 
So it's just really hot, 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 liquidy rocks, pretty much. Yeah, but that's a lot to do with, like, the way it became round as well because when those bits of dust and rock were hitting it, it was almost just turning to a big goo, like (laughs) a big goo of stuff. (laughs) So if you imagine, like, lava that pours straight out of a volcano, now the entire Earth is just that. That's all we are. So because of this, there was also high radioactivity because we hadn't formed our ozone layer that protects us and keeps us safe from all the sun's radiation. So we were just getting pummeled with radioactivity and the surface temperature was around 4,700 degrees Celsius. Okay, so basically you'd be wanting to wear a lot of sunscreen (laughs) at this stage of Earth. Probably a hazmat suit. (laughs) And during this time, there was also constant asteroid collisions. So we were just getting pummeled and pummeled by asteroids because, like Taylor said, those bigger planets, Jupiter, hadn't formed yet. So they couldn't protect us because usually they swing those asteroids away Mm. from us. But as, as well as that, while they are forming, the solar system is so chaotic. So like things are getting just flung around everywhere, especially with planets forming their gravity and the process actually formed was just like, yo, I'm just going to fling things everywhere. Yeah, it'd be interesting to know what actual gravitational effects there are on Earth, not just from the sun, you know? Yeah. Hmm. Um, and also uh, the air didn't have any oxygen, so it consisted mainly of carbon dioxide and sulfur. So oh, nice. wouldn't it be very nice to be breathing? It would just smell like rotten eggs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so the Earth Gross. Like it was dying from asteroids and was just filled with lava. So that's pretty much how the Earth started. <laughs> We've come a long way. We've come yeah. Long. Yeah. Okay, well, let's fast forward a little bit. 4 billion, 100 million years. So this is about the end of the late heavy bombardment. So basically the heavy bombardment period is what it basically is. Earth was getting a heavy bombardment of asteroids. So this is basically when that asteroid bombardment started to sort of slow down. We weren't getting hit with as many asteroids. So basically this is when the solar system starts organising itself and is like, oh, we're going to make an asteroid belt to put all these asteroids in. Yeah. Uh, but jokes on you, we're going to start throwing all these comets at you. <laughs> yeah. So everything's sort of calmed down a bit. We're not as chaotic anymore. And scientists believe that this could potentially be when uh, water started to form on the surface. So before now, obviously we know it was just magma, but there was still a little bit of water that Earth had accreted naturally. So they believe that this is when we start to see those signs of water. Yeah, well, any comets that would have hit Earth in those early stages probably would have just, like, evaporated. Yeah, so this is when the majority of water arrived. So about a half of the world's ocean came from asteroids. So obviously as we're getting bombarded with these asteroids, Earth starting to cool down, we're starting to slow down. All this water is starting to accumulate on the surface. But here the temperatures are still very, very high, so life wouldn't really thrive here because it was still so hot. Hey, you don't know. There's some life that live in some extreme conditions on Earth. 
Well, yeah, that's true. You know, you know but, so, you know, maybe but yeah, start in the boiling depths. Of the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be cool if we found out that there was these just, like little microbes living in the magma? Yeah, three billion eight hundred million years ago. So this is when bombardment completely stopped. So we were no longer getting hit with any more asteroids. Woohoo. And this is when Earth really began to cool down. But life still couldn't survive here because there was no oxygen yet, no ozone layer. So there was still a lot of radiation um, from the sun hitting us. Very sad. Oh, poor Earth. I know, poor Earth. You know, it's just trying to live its life and it's getting hit first by all these asteroids. Now the radiation not having a good time so 3 billion 200 million years ago to 2 billion 800 million years ago almost the entire surface of earth was covered by ocean um and the temperatures range from about 55 degrees to 88 degrees oh it's still hot that's still really hot yeah like i've been in 50 degree weather and that is no fun that is no fun at all yeah so the whole earth was at temperature and it was all covered in water And this is when microorganisms start to show up in our oceans. And um, so, yeah, so life starts forming in these hot oceans that's covering Mm. the entirety of Earth. So the only real land are volcanic islands. So there's a lot of volcanic activity happening on Earth in this period of time. And as we continue on until more recently, Earth is a very volcanic place pretty much because of all that magma that started us off. Mm, So these volcanic islands, they're so volcanoes are spewing out all this lava. And then as it's hitting the oceans, it's cooling down and turning into solid rock forming land. And at this time, our days are also starting to get longer. So we're no longer having six hour days. We're slowing down. We're starting to find some peace. Okay. So two billion, (laughs) 500 million years ago, our first continent formed called Kenilan. So this was basically just a big rock. That was so this is like halfway through Earth's timeline. Yeah, so we're about halfway yeah. now. So things are starting to settle down. We're starting to get some kind of normality. We've got our oceans formed. We're starting to form land. So this is the first continent was just basically a big piece of rock that they called Kenilan. Don't know where that mm. name came from. So then 1 billion, 500 million years ago, Our days are now looking around 16 hours. So they're starting to creep up to our 24 hours. Um, There's still no complex organisms yet. And two, uh, oh no, one more supercontinent is formed called Rodinia, which then turned into Pangaea. So these big continents sort of formed the basis of land on Earth. So they started as these really big things And then over time, as our tectonic plates move, they started to break away. And we will see um, later on in our timeline that Pangaea actually starts to break down and turns into the continents that we know today. So, Mm. yeah, we all start out all together as one big happy landmass. Okay. So let's move out of our billion years ago. We're moving closer to our present life. 650 million years ago. Don't know anyone that old. <laughs> no. uh, funny. No, I'm not. So the, the planet now has taken a dramatic turn. And so this is just a theory, but it's called the snowball theory. So basically what scientists think happened around this period was that 
the entire earth froze. Oh, so, so it's just gone from like a big ball of magma and now it's just like <laughs> frozen. Yep, so we basically were mobile. <laughs> um, so everything was frozen. The equator, so like the middle of Earth, where it's usually quite hot, was estimated to be as cold as modern day Antarctica. So right. it, it was very cold. So um, do you know what caused that? Do they? No. It, so I think, I don't know. Yeah, okay, well, the Earth was a snowball for some reason. But underneath all of this ice, there was still very high temperatures and um, that volcanic activity was still happening. So the volcanoes were still erupting, which was slowly uh, heating up the Earth again and melting the ice. And this is actually what released oxygen into the atmosphere. So as the volcanic activity underneath the ice was melting it and creating all this water again, it then released these huge amounts of oxygen. I'd say that's probably how scientists know that at one stage in this period the earth was a snowball because in chemistry they would have gone, okay, the only way oxygen could have been released into the earth's atmosphere and the amount of oxygen, at some stage it would have had to be frozen and at some stage the volcanoes would have had to melt it. Yeah. I, I just like yeah. that's just scientists thinking. Yeah. Go backwards. <laughs> yeah. This is what we have now, what could cause it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, interesting. So obviously this was a very big thing for life because we already know that there was those microorganisms starting to form in our oceans about one billion years ago. Um, so obviously now this huge release of oxygen is going to be a really significant turning point in the evolution of life here on Earth. So around... Uh, 541 million years ago so after this huge um ice ball period has started to come to a close it's something called the cambrian explosion so temperatures rise to around 30 degrees and this is when the concentrations of oxygen start to propel into atmosphere and it starts to create these more complex organisms so this is when we see creatures developing exoskeletons during this time. And almost all current existing animals are believed to have appeared at some stage during this period, oh. which is really interesting. So five, uh, 500 million years ago, everything that we know pretty much started as life due to this big eruption of oxygen. So we're really starting to slow down here. Our days are now 22 hours. So this is when we sort of start to see life moving into how we know life now here on Earth. So things are calming down. We're not hectic anymore. We're not a frozen ice ball. We're, just gonna... <laughs> we're, not, a, we're not a big ball of magma. We're not an ice ball. Not really, yet anyway. But from one extreme to another, from, you know, magma to snowball to another. And people are like... No, I, can, I can't say that, but, like, you know, climate change now and the crazy weather we've been having in Australia recently, like, what was it, two years ago there were massive fires and now there's, like, big floodings and rain. Yeah. I mean, it really is in this, you know, all these volcanic explosions and next thing you know we're all <laughs> ice. Like, at least it's settled down a little bit. We can be grateful yeah. for that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so 450 million years ago, 
we start seeing plants and anthropods are conquering the land. So life is really, really flourishing after this burst of oxygen. So these microorganisms, they've moved out of the ocean, they've developed skeletons, and, yeah, we're starting to see the first lot of plants pop up. 419 million years ago, we see our first insects. Now, insects are really important because, obviously, without insects, we're getting more diverse creatures popping up, but they're also really important for our environment, um, for plants as well. Well, I I don't know if anyone's ever seen those... I don't know what to call it, like, like a simulation of if we were to get rid of like let's say grasshoppers and then the fallout from just getting rid of one insect species to the rest of insects and it's like you don't have the grasshoppers then the frogs can't feed on the grasshoppers and then like so forth so forth and it just like is a dominoes effect on the rest of the ecosystem so yeah like exactly with those insects forming to think of it that way of how much of a fallout it would be without them, you can think of it of how important it would have been to, like, flourish life as well. Yeah, Yeah. so during this period, life was really, really, you know, stepping up. New things were forming all the time. It was just a really crazy time for life. So this is, like, do you reckon insects were the start of, like, animals being like, oh, I'm going to eat you. Like, (laughs) I'm going to eat other animals. (laughs) Well, probably, because, yeah, Mm. before then they just had... Sort of. Okay, Mm. so now Earth is taking another bit of a turn. 300 million years ago, the Earth is mostly covered in swamps, but they're not like modern swamps. So this is a really interesting period of time. I really like this. And is this when the crocodiles came out? Yes. So plants are now reaching (laughs) 30 metres in height. There's giant insects. Giant insects? Yes. So... Because- <laughs> You're like, this is so normal, Taylor. Like, how do you not know any of this? Yes. <laughs> okay, so oh. There's lots of high levels of oxygen right now because obviously there's all these new plants erupting and what do plants do? They eat carbon dioxide and produce oxygen. So Earth is getting like this flourishment of new oxygen, which we haven't seen since the snowball period. So life is, again, taking off its booming. But also Earth is starting to heat up a bit again after obviously being in that period of really cold. It's heating up again. So we see these big swamps. But because um, it's so hot, there's so much oxygen, it's sort of like the perfect condition for things to thrive. So this is when we start seeing really crazy things. And this is one of my favourite periods of time Um, because, you know, if we think about how reptiles really thrive in heat, Obviously, as this earth is heating up, we get these swampy conditions. We can imagine how big the reptiles are getting. If you think of it like on an evolution stance, if that's the case, like earth was heating up and these reptiles start to form, that's where they like bit like, what was it, millions of years ago, that's how they learned to survive, using Mm -hmm. heat to heat up their body and to thrive off that. And it's still applicable to now. Like, that's pretty weird to think about. Like, reptiles wouldn't have formed that way in a snowy condition. No. But they did because it did get hot, like he was. All of the animal 500 million years ago, when all of the creatures we know today started to develop at that time. And it's really interesting to look at how some of those animals adapted and changed. And we can see those adaptions now in those animals, like Taylor was saying with the reptiles. Mm. Okay, so 
252 million years ago. So this is around the Permian-Triassic extinction event. Now, this is a really, really big extinction. Um, but yeah, there's a couple of different periods that Earth went through. So this is the Permian-Triassic extinction event. So this is one of the largest extinction events that has ever occurred. And it destroyed 96% of marine species and 73% of terrestrial species. And this was because of a lot of volcanic eruptions, which filled the air with ash and carbon dioxide, which sort of all blocked out the sun. So if we think about when we did have those bushfires, how um, if you live in Australia, we couldn't really see the sun. The sky was just sort of like a weird orange and it was very dull and dark. So now imagine a whole earth filled its air with ash. It obviously Those poor animals would have been like, what is going on? Yeah. So <laughs> it blocked out the sun. It left the air, which was, you know, flourishing with oxygen. It's now just filled with carbon dioxide again and lava everywhere. So, you know, all this life was flourishing. It was, like, looking really good. Those animals, those plants were like, yeah, this is the place to be. <laughs> this is the place to Yep. Yep. It's <laughs> like, no, it's not. Please leave. And yeah, go away. <laughs> <laughs> I did not want you here. Leave. Um, yeah, so Earth killed everything again. <laughs> again? <laughs> nice. Well, basically, you know, they say history repeats. So this yep. is what we're looking forward to, guys. This is what yep. we're looking forward to. <laughs> but, you know, there is hope because... Um, Elon Musk is taking us to Mars. <laughs> yeah, there's hope, guys. No, there is actually hope because one, uh, 175 million years ago, dinosaurs start to replace these species that have sadly been lost due to Earth deciding to kill everything. So the crocodiles formed in the swamps originally, and then they've survived all the way through to dinosaurs, and they're surviving now? They just decided to be happy in their swamps, content in their swamp, not bother anything, and look what happened. They got to live. Oh, my God. No way. Like, my biggest fear. I literally will have dreams that I'm, like, in the water and there's this big crocodile coming at me. Like, I'm petrified of them. Absolutely petrified. Uh, Growing up in the NT and just – going down a river and every five meters there's this big ass reptile just like <laughs> laying on the riverbank it's scary you do not you know you look at it it's like you could easily just eat me for breakfast you yeah. know when you really look at a creature and go wow you can just really eat me if i walk over there like, they are kind it's of quite scary. it's it's not nice it's not nice nice but you know that's why they've survived all these millions of years <laughs> So up until now, dinosaurs weren't really the prominent species. We were seeing a lot more plants, a lot more insects. So now this is when dinosaurs really start to take their place. So they're starting to replace these other species. They're moving up the food chain. They're, you know, coming back because obviously we've lost so much of life that was. So, you know, dinosaurs are filling in those gaps. And this is also when we start to see continents moving. So Pangaea what we said earlier the really big just you know floating massive rock that was on here it starts to break up um and it, this is actually what creates the atlantic ocean is pangaea breaking up moving with the tectonic plates and this is when we really start to see um the continents resembling current earth so Earth is starting to settle down a bit. It had its moment. 
it killed everything and now it's like okay let's start it killed everything it it killed everything it's decided it's done with its rampage or is Um, it or is it no space was like no now we're all jupiter was like earth have another one have another one yeah so around this period as well this is when we start to see the first pine trees so we're starting to see trees like what we know now and more excitingly bees this is when bees show up we love bees because they pollinate everything they they love life yeah well if we didn't have bees the whole ecosystem just like diminishes yeah so (laughs) i think how different the plants would have been before bees came and before Mm, because the plants would have learned oh we have something to carry our pollen around yeah make us have more baby plants Yeah, so then 15 million years ago is when we start to see um, dinosaurs sadly die, thanks to the asteroid and Earth turning into hell again. But then we start to see it fixing itself again, because yeah, this is a bit of a pattern. Earth has a fit, or something has a fit, kills off all the animals, kills off all the life, and then it comes back again, which is so strong. So it'll be like when... I have a mental breakdown and I feel like killing everybody. And then once you have a mental breakdown, your brain like feels good and you're like, actually, I love everybody. I'm not going to kill anyone anymore. You're just going to. Not saying that I've killed anybody, but. (laughs) (laughs) You're just going through an earth cycle, Taylor. You've had enough. Get rid of everything. Fill everything with lava and, or ice. And then it's okay again. It's okay, yeah. It's all right. <laughs> so, yeah, 50 million years ago, dinosaurs have sadly died. Rest in peace to our lizard friends. Except for the crocodiles. Because they, they the decided crocodiles. that nothing is going to get rid of them and they're here to stay forever. And so, yeah, everything's dead. Very sad time. But now mammals start to take over. Um, so we're starting to see us, people evolving we're coming into the picture now so now the dinosaurs are gone so like how we saw the dinosaurs fill in the gaps of those marine species and the terrestrial species that died when earth had its uh permian triassic extinction now mammals are starting to do the same we're moving up the chain we're filling in those gaps and yeah we're starting to flourish after the dinosaurs so this is when the days also finally reach 24 hours. So we're starting to see mm. modern Earth. Um, but the temperatures are also starting to drop. They're starting to remain around the 24 degrees period. So we're really starting to see Earth form how we know Earth now. So it's not chaos anymore. It's not magma. It's not ice. It's not just one big rock. We are starting to look like Earth now. It's really interesting in the sense like the amount of theories scientists are putting into the, like the evolution of Earth. <clears throat> Sorry, everyone, I don't know if you've noticed, but I keep losing my voice. <laughs> COVID, my voice just disappears. Um, <laughs> but it's really interesting because I was reading before about how they're predicting now that there was a massive firestorm and that's what triggered the Ice Age as well. So, yeah. you know, there's a lot of, and it always like comes back down to 
science and how things work but you know at the end of the day like we know so much but there's still so much we don't know and there's still a lot of theories out there um and you know who knows because Caitlin you're saying to me before that um the oceans changing is the theory you know about the ice age yeah yeah so yeah basically what happens is what they think happens when an ice age is formed is as earth's heating up which obviously it would have been if taylor said about the fires um the ice caps start mm. to melt and then there's like an underwater current and that switches directions and that's what sort of triggers the ice yeah age. When the comet hit and caused these firestorms, it was actually the firestorms that killed the dinosaurs off, not exactly the comet impact. So it was like the aftermath. And, like, yeah, so with all these – and I've never really – well, when you think of a firestorm, I guess it would just be a big fire just coming through and lots of wind, I'm guessing. Um, and, yeah, that would really heat up the earth and do a lot of weird mm. things. So – and you are saying before with all the volcanic eruptions and the earth really hot, once that settled, it then went really, really cold. So, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, definitely the uh, asteroid hitting earth that killed all the dinosaurs was a really interesting time for earth because, like Taylor said, there was all this fire, but then it also triggered... Mm. Um, the more volcanic eruptions and there was a lot of like tsunamis from the ocean being displaced from mm. that asteroid and so yeah earth was really a hellish period and i think i said in another episode um that during this time there was also acid rain that was yeah. coming because of all the chemicals that were released from the fires from the volcanoes um and from everything just sort of going to hell again so, yeah, it was a really, really crazy time. And to think that there was actually animals and plants that survived through this period of time to then have seen these mammals take off when things started to calm down again and plants to flourish again is really, really interesting mm. um, from an evolutionary perspective. Yeah. <laughs> so between eight and four million years ago is when we start to see modern apes begin to split from their ancestors so this is when we start to see people how exciting um oh my God. so yeah we're we're very young in terms of our evolutionary cycle so we've only showed up eight million years ago but if we look back there's been life on earth from at least 500 million years ago so we've taken our time to get here so yes this is when we start to see the modern apes starting to move away from the other apes and start to form people. And so about four million years ago, our climate changes again. Earth is having enough again. Having a, it's having a moment. It's, and then it's, kicking, it's kicking up a storm again. Yeah. So we see our climate change again. Pine trees start to turn into the uh, savannah. So it's starting to get hot again. Um, and we start to see more of these sort of deserty climates show up. And this is what scientists believe could have potentially caused our ancestors to come down from the trees and start walking on two legs. Um, mm. As many animals try to adapt to these changes, but as we know, not a lot of life survives in the savannah or in like those deserty climates. So yes, they think this is what sort of triggered 
apes to go, you know what, our trees are dying, let's find another way. And this is when our adaption began. So 1,400,000 years ago, this is when we start to see the first signs of modern day people. And around 790,000 years ago is when we discovered how to make fire. And then 300,000 years ago, Homo sapiens appeared and start to populate. So that's really when we start to flourish. So really, we've only been here for 300,000 years. So it's also really cool to think about how much we've achieved as a species in such a small amount of time when you look back at how long evolution has taken. And crocodiles still say, so yeah, look at us winning. Yep, yep. So yeah, that's the end of Earth's timeline when we show mm, up. And well, we interesting. What happens from there? That's so cool. On the terms of crocodiles, Robert Irwin almost got eaten. No? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, oh. see? Don't trust them. Even though we are much more superior, you know, they haven't changed for millions of years for a reason. They survived. Really? They survived like, the acid rain. Yeah, That's they survived the acid rain. They've survived ice ages. They've survived everything. So, you know. Yeah. That's why you can't trust them. If if careful. something doesn't evolve, then there's no reason for it to evolve. Exactly. So it had reached its peak. Yeah, it has reached its peak. And that's like how they're saying that um, in the future. Have you seen the simulations of what they think people are going to look like in the future? Oh yeah, I've seen some of those. Have you seen the ones the ones that they're doing now of like um, these simulations of what famous historical people look like? Oh really? Yeah, I saw one the other day for Cleopatra. Oh. Oh, interesting. I have to look into that. Mm. I love watching stuff like that, like, like you are saying with the first humans and then how it morphs into the evolution uh, of humans. Yeah. yeah. It's so cool. <laughs> Earth went through a lot of tantrums to get here. That's basically the moral of the story. Earth had a lot of tantrums. Earth and now tried it's to good. Kill life, but life stayed on. We survived. We survived, and now we're going to Mars. <laughs> we, we've done, you know, we've listened to Earth. We've heard its cry that it doesn't want life on here anymore. So we're leaving. You know, you know how they say it's probably difficult for humans to live on Mars because of radiation and stuff. Why don't we just take the crocodiles? That's a great idea. Obviously, crocodiles if, have learned if they, something that we not. Yeah, exactly. We'll just put a swamp on there, then they'll be happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, shall we talk about our discoveries for this week? Yes. Okay. Well, I have a really cool discovery. I really like this. So I don't know if anyone on here has ever seen photos of it, but Jupiter Jupiter has these beautiful auroras pop up on top of it. Um, they're oh, like yes. bright blue and they're just like real pretty. They're the biggest auroras in the solar system, well, obviously, because Jupiter's <laughs> huge. But <laughs> they're the most significant because we get auroras here on Earth. And if you don't know what an aurora is, it's the radiation particles from solar winds hitting the earth and the magnetic field of the earth, getting really excited and starting to glow. Um, And it's why we see it on our poles because of the way the magnetic field on our earth is. 
So we see it really around our poles. And obviously Jupiter is a lot more further away from the sun than Earth is. So how is it getting these amazing auroras? Well, our good friend Io. <laughs> yes. I love Io. Io is the most volcanic moon in our soul. Io is amazing. I would love to go for a trip on Io, even though it probably wouldn't be that pleasant with volcanoes splurting out plasma to lava. Now, because Io is a moon and it's like very, like it's, you know, nice and it's nice and small when it spurts out all this lava, it doesn't have enough gravity to have it. So where does it go? To Jupiter. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So what happens is scientists have realized that this lava from Io is getting spurt out into space. Obviously, Jupiter's gravity is very strong. It pulls in the lava into, like, into it falls into Jupiter's. So a super, and like I said before, the auroras on Earth happen when the salt, the radiation from the solar winds hit the Earth. Oh. And when... It comes into the Jupiter's atmosphere. It becomes like this charged plasma and the magnetic field pushes it up into the poles and it becomes a beautiful aurora. And it's all from Io. Wow. Good job, Io. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Scientists have said in um in relations to fi- like figuring this out, he said it's been a tense few years in our community trying to figure out what is going on. Because we know what happens on Earth. We'll post photos of the auroras on Jupiter uh, on our Instagram page because they are so bright. They are bright blue. You can actually see them in on photos of just Jupiter, not just on the surface. Well, there is no surface on Jupiter, but, yeah, they are so much brighter than anything we see here on Earth. So it's really, really mind-boggling. And now they have an exact simulation of exactly how this occurs. wow that is cool yeah okay so (laughs) it's also space related this week we've moved on so mine is about so they found this exoplanet and last week we talked about how important atmospheres are and they found this exoplanet called wasp 189b and it's about 322 light years away well, what's really interesting is it has a really complex and interesting um, atmosphere on it. So it is one of those hot Jupiter planets, but it has this big, like, gaseous, uh, gaseous atmosphere of titanium oxide, and that doesn't really that doesn't really sound that interesting. But basically what they found is the titanium oxide is acting pretty much the exact same as our ozone layer. So it's repelling a lot of that radiation. Yeah. Interesting. um, This really changes the way that we look at exoplanets and possibly planets that could hold life because, you know, previously we thought that only our ozone layer could do that. But we've now found that titanium oxide has a yeah. really effect and can repel just as much radiation um, as we can. So, yeah, this is a really interesting step forward uh, for the way we look at how atmospheres are developed and how atmospheres change um, the planets that they're around. So, yeah, I just thought that was interesting since we talked about atmospheres. I, I love that. I love that. I love hearing because 
exoplanetary science is so interesting to well both of us and especially what our our uni is very focused on hearing about different possibilities for the search of life is just amazing because astronomy is always discovering something new always discovering something new and to hear that there are planets out there that yeah they do have an ozone layer they do have protection because that's a massive thing like if you don't have an ozone you just get bombarded by the radiation from your your star no matter what type of star you are so we had someone with our question is on instagram say the planet pi oh yeah did I you see, see that, that? Yeah, um, which I thought was really, really cool because um, and the fact that it's been called Planet Pi has given it attention because we've related it to something that we know really well here on Earth. And the reason why it's called Pi, Planet Pi, is because it rotates a planet. It, it, it rotates its planet every three so it's really cool and really interesting and yeah a lot of I've heard a fair few people talk about it and but I just love that by calling it the planet pi it's given exoplanets a uh, attention just awesome awesome yeah that's really cool what I found when I was looking at some different exoplanets to talk about this week um when we put up our question about what's everyone's favorite planet I found this really cool one um, that actually orbits two stars. Yes, I had seen that. Yeah. So if anyone's seen Star Wars, you'll know that there is actually um, a planet on Star Wars or in Star Wars that has two suns. So, yeah, this is a real-life one that they found that orbits two suns. How cool is that? Yeah, that is that is so cool. That is, oh, Wow. Um, and that's like even I find as well when you hear about just like planets floating around by themselves and in the universe and you know and the fact that we've actually found them just by chance because they've been found by gravitational microlensing um, and them just like floating around and just happen to pass um, a star and it you know microlenses it's so cool. <laughs> it's like how yeah. did that planet just like float around there? <laughs> so many cool different planets and, you know, there's so many cool different planets that have not been discovered yet. Yeah. So, so much and stuff. with good old James Webb Telescope now in its spot waiting to get some information back, we get to look further into these atmospheres of these planets and finding out, you know, what really is going on. Yeah, and and just like we have on here on Earth, we go and we've gone. Okay, well, we had oxygen, and we once didn't have oxygen, but we had lots of water and lots of volcanic activity uh, because of the way the Earth would have formed. Like we can go backwards and really look into how uh, if it's got this chemical, what situations could have caused that to happen? What does it look like on there? Could there be life? You know, all those. Oh, I could go on and on and on. So cool. <laughs> it is. I just yeah. love planets I think that's so cool and I love history and I love talking about history and I think we've learned today that history is rather important in predicting the future of earth and what earth is going to look like well Caitlin I did history in year 11 and I hated it (laughs) and you have changed my view on history today (laughs) I'm 
glad I've done that. I love history. I think it's really important. I think, you know, everyone. When you said that, you're like, I want to study modern history. Like, well, not modern history, sorry. When you said um, to me, oh, I want to study history. I was like, why? <laughs> like, out of all things, you're like, history. I was like, okay. <laughs> but that's so cool that that's something you're, like, interested in because, yeah, there are aspects of history that can be really interesting, especially when you relate it to astronomy and obviously – well, astronomy in itself is history. Well, you changed you've changed my view on everything. Oh, I'm insane. Glad. Insane. Have everyone noticed that Caitlin has a deep love for dinosaurs as well? Yeah. Right, you know that? Yeah. Yep, and I have a deep love for moons. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> if you know how you can get the like how we um did for our giveaway those glowing moons. Yeah. I want one of those, but as Io. Oh, yeah, that would be so Or, or Callisto, because that moon looks sick and, like, shiny and, ooh. That would be very cool. There is literally someone that has made an IO moon lamp. <gasps> oh, my God, night lamp. Of, it's oh, out of stock. I bet it is because so many people would want to be doing that. Oh, oh you could get a diffuser. <laughs> that is the moon diffusing. Oh, what moon does that? Um, Enceladus. <laughs> Duh. Oh. This whole uh, podcast episode has just taken a turn. We've gone from talking to about Earth to <laughs> someone buy me an IO moon lamp or one that squirts out diffuse, and I'll call it Enceladus. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to dedicate. When I get when I buy a house, it's, my partner's looking at doing like three D printing and oh, yeah. like programming with three D printing and everything like that. Yeah, like the Christmas lights, you know, like the string Christmas light things, and hang them out, and then get him to three D print the little moons to go over like little caps. Oh my god! Like, I had every single one as a little different moon. Stop it! <laughs> Someone do this for me. <laughs> I would then die. I'm in your house I'm going to give you all these ideas for him to make. Yes. Okay. This is a plan. This is this is a plan. Like, watch me spend the, like, next whole day researching how to program a, a 3D printer to print what I want. Everyone will walk into my house and they'll be like, oh, my God, this woman's crazy. Like, what is it with all these moon lamps? <laughs> my god no that's <laughs> well if you made it this far into the episode i hope you enjoyed but um you learned something about earth's formation earth's tantrums earth trying to kill life but life persisting i think that's, that's it sounds so brutal but yes that's what that's earth the did. main message of this mm-hmm. podcast episode that yeah. earth tried to kill but we we love earth we do we do we do love it but even though it tried to kill us. So basically when you get upset about us causing climate change and us hurting the earth, just think about how many times earth has hurt us. <laughs> <laughs> how many times has earth kill off life? <laughs> yeah. Oh, amazing. Thank you, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>